Welcome to Conscious Acts of Change, where thought-provoking, inspirational, and introspective teachings are brought to you each week. Our mission at Conscious Acts of Change is to transcend not just mere knowledge. We provide actionable teachings and transformative programs crafted to empower you and to redesign and align your life with your true calling, that which you really seek. Today, I just want to begin to say welcome to the third season and the first episode to Conscious Acts of Change. I am Empress Q and I am back, preparing myself now to give you not only deep and thought-provoking, but we're going to transcend beyond our normal understanding of who we are, where we came from, and our true reason for being. So if you have a friend or a family member or even your most favorite adversary, invite them to Conscious Acts of Change so that we're able to touch your life, so that you are able to touch another life, and each one teach one in our lessons of growth. Today I have a guest speaker, someone who is very, very dear to me, someone I have not seen in a long time, but within our path along God's journey, we've come together to share the same cause, the same purpose, and the same meaning of teaching people how to heal their lives. Her name is Dr. Dominica McBride. I am so happy to have her in my presence. She is not only a profound woman, but a phenomenal woman who has crafted her gift, her work, in teaching people how to heal themselves by looking within and looking at the traumas and the microaggressions that we have experienced, brought upon ourselves, and even found ourselves in hovering over others. So let me give you a brief, a brief background of who she is, what she do. Dr. Dominica McBride has a long history in the area of psychology. Her first degree from the Michigan State University where she received her bachelor's in psychology. Moving on to the master's of education in counseling psychology from the uh, Arizona State University, and then continuing in that same venue, she received her PhD in counseling psychology. She has select honors and awards in which she has earned from the American Evaluation Association, uh, Multi-Ethnic Issues and Evaluation Topical Interest Group. In 2019, she was also an Outstanding Supervisor of the Year Award presented by the Chicago School of Professional Psychology and Leadership. And then she continued on in receiving her awards from the Bright Star uh, Award presented by the Bright Promises Foundation for Evaluation and, and Development in working with children and families. And then lastly, uh, a recognition of her contribution to community psychology presented by the Midwest ECO Conference in 2014. I am so honored to have you here, Dr. McBride, and hearing about your new book and the work that you have 
uh, begin to proceed doing uh, at this time in your life. The name of Dr. McBride's book is Becoming Change Makers, The Exquisite Path to Leadership and Liberation for Women of Color. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me here. It's great to be here, great to be with you and to see you again. Oh my goodness, it's been years. Years. <laughs> <laughs> and I've thought about you over the years too. And me too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, I always say that many women have inherently been change makers most of their lives. And through this truth often goes unrecognized, especially among those who have experienced oppression through microaggressions. So it's crucial to acknowledge this innate power and resilience in their testament to strengthen and to uh, to strengthen and and to strengthen the capability, I'm sorry, within uh, the, the life that lies within them. So they're really trying to, often these women are, are, are lost, confused, have very low self-esteem, no value, feel as though they have no worth, but yet they don't understand the power lies within them. Oh, yeah. So your book brings to life two things, not only just being a change maker, but also how to be a leader and also how to find your liberation with, through leadership. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So you, you really nailed it with talking about the power that it's with, within us that we don't often not acknowledge or never acknowledge. So many times we think about power as something that's outside of us, something that the President of the United States has or these rich people have, but no, we all have power. We all have immense power, especially women of color. Um, and that is influencing people around us in our lives, but we often don't know the influence and the yes. power that we have. So yes, yeah, so this book is acknowledging the power that we have, right, yes. and tapping into that and realizing it in, uh, in so many ways. Yeah, so this book serves as a transformational guide for women of color, providing direction and insight for them so that they can understand that during these times that they are experiencing in their life that there is hope yeah. and there is a direction and there is a method and a modality in which they can use help bring forth whatever is lying in a yeah. so that they can begin to uh, create the life or just see have a vision to see what their what the potential of what their life can look like oh, yeah. so dr mcbride Enlighten us with the methodologies and the modalities that guide us in becoming change makers and nurturing our leadership attributes for the women of color that you speak about in your book. Yeah, so um, I'll just start with talking a little bit about my own experience and what led to this and really um, part of what kind of constructs this path to leadership and liberation for many of us. Um, so I grew up in a small rural town in Michigan, uh, predominantly white, and it was about 45 minutes from the home of the Grand Dragon of the KKK. So you could imagine wow. like the racial tensions oh. that were in the town that were in that area growing up, and I experienced blatant racism throughout my childhood, and I wanted to be a part of the healing uh, that I needed and that we all need uh, in society from societal oppression, from societal racism and its effects. And so 
created an organization that's dedicated to that and we've learned so much over the years especially about us about mm-hmm. women of color and our power and what it takes to yes. change and what it takes for like us to transform as well as us to transform yes. the situation and the conditions around us and the power so um, becoming change makers is a culmination of all of that of, of my own pain turned into reason and purpose and mm-hmm. drive mm-hmm. Um, and healing as well as learning from so many other women of color um, organizations programs leaders around what it takes so um, the, the culmination of that is uh, four four big lessons four big lessons learned for, for mm-hmm. us for okay. our, our leadership and liberation path um, what is healing? Because so many of us go through, like you were talking about, like pain that has mm-hmm. caused like low self-esteem or low self-worth. We've gone through trauma. We've gone right. through microaggressions. We've gone through so much as women and as people of color. But when you combine them, like mm-hmm. it, it's like a double whammy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so there's so much that we often have to heal from um, to recognize our higher self. Right. right to get all the crap out of the way so we right. can really see the beauty and the wholeness that is already there yeah. but that gets clouded with a lot of pain mm-hmm. and, and experience that we have so healing is one relationships is another that relationships are so important like this this whole you know world like universe is constituted by our the relationships between mm-hmm. things between people and you know, and that's important on our path for leadership too. Mm-hmm. And then intersectionality, like we were saying before, that we're women and we're also like people of color. You combine them, it creates a whole other experience, right? For the okay. for the good and for the bad, <laughs> right? <you know? laughs> and so acknowledging that, like exploring like our 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 cultural being, mm-hmm. right? It was a term um, coined by Kimberly Crenshaw um, around that compounded oppression that we can experience. As well as like it's also this this gate that opens that allows us to explore so many different cultural aspects of us and mm-hmm. who we are and what our history has done and what, how our history has shaped us and then finally our power it talks about power and the power that we all have what is power what is it not yes you know like we, we really need to get clear on what power right. is because Absolutely. we always often are distorted views on power right right and um but that we all really do have power we Mm -hmm. just need to access it and Mm -hmm. access it not only for the good of ourselves but the good of our families our communities organizations and Mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. you know you said something very profound when you began uh your life story and you said that as a child you faced this racism and i think and i'm i am a, a a strong believer that our reason for being on this earth is seen through the eyes when we are children. Mm-hmm. We know what we come here to do. Unfortunately, it, gets, it becomes convoluted with all of the um, people in our lives telling us, you know, you should be this, you should do this, and kind of redirect our whole path. So out of that pain and trauma that you experience came forth your desire to want to help people, which really put you on the course of what you're doing today. And it really is helping, and so you have just delved in, you've put your entire heart and soul, because you, at some degree or level, was traumatized by the experience, which fueled you and gave you the courage and the determination and the resilience that you really needed to move forth to make a difference, Absolutely. to create change. Yeah. 
And so that was a beautiful story. And then, you know, the, the, the four platforms that you have um, built your, your, your message around in your book was healing. And I'm sorry, what was Relationship. the healing? Relationships. Intersectionality. And the intersectionality, and right. Power. And And the power. And so we do not know what power is, but the power is our belief system. It is the underlying fuel that we really need in order to move us forward. So we're not clear. So you were clear in what you believed and what you saw. So many, so, so, so many of the women who have been traumatized or had some level of experience that kind of disconnected them from themselves, you know, we as particularly African-American women, when we get angry, we get fueled and that power begins to start, you know, the wheels get to turning and that determination begins to roaring and we knock down doors and we break out windows and we come forth and make things happen. And so this book, I'm hoping for all of you women that are listening to this message today, is to know that your power is found within. It is not external. And what do you believe in? What do you know that is true for you and your life? So that you can then begin to, to really focus on your value, how much you love you, how much you need you, how much you are appreciative of who you are and what you have to offer in this world. So um, can we kind of delve deep a little more into the healing and the wholeness side of, you know, what would you share and give to the women in terms of how they need to look at what they need in terms of healing or how to become whole? Yeah, um, a lot of times it's hard to see the path to healing, right? When we just feel the pain, like how, how do we heal? Or sometimes we don't even feel the pain because we're disconnected from it. Is there, but we're disconnected from it, so we don't even think we need healing. Right, you know? right. But we do. Right. All of us do. Right. Believe me. Right. We, have, we have those those shields on. Yes. You know, we've hardened. Yes. You know, yes. like how you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, you're not fine. <laughs> Come on, be real. Absolutely. No, no, no. But um, a, a big part of healing um, is about starting at the pain point. You know, and seeing like allowing yourself to feel what you feel underneath it all and know that you are strong enough to withstand it. You're strong enough to withstand the pain that's there mm -hmm. and to, to break into that, to, to cry or to, to yell or to scream or to run or to touch or whatever, yes. whatever you need to do, yes. like to like let that emotion out, let it, let it run, open up. Um, and that's just part of it, right? Yeah. That's just like part of the healing. For, for me, I've done different healing modalities from professional therapy to yoga, somatic, spiritual healing, you know, and all of them have a purpose. All of them do some amazing work, whether it's in our mind, it's in our heart, it's in different parts of our body because emotions are stored in different parts of our body, mm -hmm. right? To unlock these different emotions and memories that come with it that might stifle us, right? So part of it is like getting connected with us getting more deeply connected with ourselves, more deeply connected with what we feel, yeah. what has happened to us, mm -hmm. um, and allowing that come up and just knowing and trusting yourself that you can get through that. You know, you yes. can get through the pain that you're opening up to experience because there's so much on the other side. There's yes. so much love and power yes. and fulfillment and joy. Like, 
and if you get through this process of healing, right? Or in the process of healing. Yeah, so we need to acknowledge the pain. Mm -hmm. That's what you're saying. In order for us to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. Yes, this did happen to me. Instead of us saying, well, no, I'm fine. You know, no, if that didn't happen. Well, not quite that way. You know, we just, because we have a tendency to bury our emotions, yeah. you know, which takes me into the next issue is how can we deepen our understanding of the emotional reactions that we have and that we have subtly taken into a deep, rooted space in our heart and mind. So our emotions, you know, we can have surface, but we know that they've taken root in the heart yeah. as well as in the mind. Yeah. And that's the work that really needs to change. So tell us how you begin to help us unfold that. Yeah, so part of that is intentionally calling forth uh, different emotions that we might feel. Um, I went through, uh, this was a few years ago, like 2012, I went through this emotional and, and social intelligence uh, weekend-long workshop um, with the Wright Leadership Institute. And uh, in that workshop, they took us through this exercise where they'd ask us to close our eyes and bring up anger. Just allow yourself to feel anger, and then where do you feel it in the body? Absolutely. And then they would bring up fear and then, mm -hmm. you know, joy or, you know, so the different emotions and allow us to like, okay, scan the body, where are we feeling it? Um, and so some things I felt in my shoulders, some things I felt in my gut, some things I felt in my heart, mm -hmm. my heart was heavy, sometimes mm -hmm. I felt like my hands tingling, you know, mm -hmm. like emotions are in our bodies, but then right. they also influence the mind, right? right. And so it, part of it was like intentionally getting in touch with these different emotions that we oftentimes block off from ourselves, we might block off fear. Like for me, I didn't recognize that I almost always felt fear. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it. Subliminally. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but it wasn't until like I tapped into fear, it's like, okay, it'll bring up fear, then I'm like, oh my goodness, this is something I'm always feeling, right, <laughs> you know? Right. And, uh, and then going through and really calling forth the emotions that are within us, because we're human, we experience all of them, you yes, know? Yes. Um, and so calling forth those emotions that, with, that are within us allow us to tap into the different memories, tap into the different spaces and places where it resides right. within our bodies, within, right. our, with our, within our energetic body, right? right, um, right. And uh, uh, and then going with them, right? Going into them, and that is also for me what like opened up that dang, like I'm still holding a lot of the effects of racism from my from when child. I was a child. Yes, you know, mm -hmm. like, and I I was pushing that away for so long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a friend who would say like, "Oh, you're still affected by that." And I'm like, "No, yeah. I'm not." Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. You know what? Through got it's my PhD. Very, no, I'm not. Right. No, I'm not. Very, no, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't until this workshop where they like call forth fear, call yeah. forth anger. Yeah. I'm like, dang, yeah. I'm still hurt by that. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because we just want to forget it. Yeah. You know, we don't want to face it. It's gone. It's over with. You know, uh, uh, certain people say, well, it's, it's old. Just let it go. It's yeah. obsolete, you know. And it is to a certain perspective. But the thing about, and I like to use the analogy of our central nervous system, you know, whatever shock or trauma we bring into our body, it spreads throughout the entire central nervous system. So it goes to all of these different areas of our body. 
and then it settles there and it hides and that's where we bury it and we don't come back and deal with it. So like you said, going back into myself and, and journeying into this unknown space of myself so that I can feel and that's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and crying, allowing, a lot of women do not want to cry. We have to allow ourselves to cry. Yes. And if we tear up the house doing it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so be it. We can fix it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, you also talked about um, self-love and finding your voice. Tell us a little bit about that in yeah. your book. Yeah. So... Self-love, um, which I think is probably one of the most important things that oh, we can do. Yes. <laughs> you know, it I think is. that it, it is the key to liberation right mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. Is, is self-love. Because when you go on this journey of self-love, on, on going within yourself and getting to know yourself and then getting to know even your shadow self, right? Like yeah. the parts that we don't yeah. want to see, right. but still like journeying with ourselves. Like when we go down this like tuttle of ourselves, like at the bottom is this big well of water, Yeah, you know, of yeah. love. And we're just like, yeah. when we go yeah. through, we're just in love and we can love yeah. everyone and everything. And that's right. liberation, right? Like going into that space of love, but we have to like go into ourselves, as you know, as you know, as you teach, you know, go into ourselves right. to tap into right. to that love. And so right. self-love isn't necessarily pretty. You know what no. I'm saying? It's, like, it's kind of hard to get to as yeah, well. It yeah, it is. It is. It took me like 40 years mm-hmm. <laughs> to, okay. to, get to, <laughs> to get to self-love, yeah. you yeah. know, because um, yeah. part of it is you have to recognize, like, it's not like, oh, I love myself because, you know, I'm a nice person, or I love myself because I'm smart, or I love myself because of this. Or, no, you just love yourself. Right. Or I don't love myself because I'm not good at this, or or I made that mistake, or I, you know, right. no, you just love right. yourself. It's just loving all of you unconditionally. Right. You know, and it's hard for people to really visualize what does self love look like yeah. because we've put so many attachments onto the word love. Yeah. And love has become external. Yeah. So for us to go within to find our own self love for some can be frightening yeah. because they don't want to see the errors of their life as it relates to love. Not so much the affliction upon themselves, but love as a whole. Mm-hmm. So when things don't work out in the way of our expectation, you know, then we find ourselves suffering from our own um, afflictions. So, you know, loving ourselves is so important. And as you talk about the women of color, we, because of the experiences that we have had in the various areas of our life, domestic violence, you know, um, uh, just uh, um, uh, trauma, things that we may have seen or felt or experienced in our life, make us feel as though no one love us. And if no one love us, then we don't love ourselves. So with that, to me, not having self-love now creates a muzzle over our voice. Yeah. So how do we make a breakthrough in finding our voice? Or like I like to say, strengthen that throat chakra, yeah. okay? <laughs> how do I get that throat chakra really activated so that I can take that trauma and begin to talk about my experience yeah. or talk about 
you know, uh, um, how I can help someone else in just a simple conversation to someone I may be sitting at, next to the doctor's office or on the bus. Tell us a little about how we can find that voice that has been buried. Yeah, yeah. authentic voice is when the mind and heart meet through the words. Mm. And wow. when, when I we, love that. <laughs> <laughs> that was powerful. Oh my goodness, when the mind, did you all hear that? When the mind and the heart, because our ideas come from the mind and our heart releases the pure authenticity of the idea and speak. Yes. Just <laughs> speak. Continue. Yeah. So, so when, we go, when, we can, when we can go to that space, right, and oftentimes we need to be by ourselves and allow that to come through, whether it's like journaling, writing, you know, just yes. non-judgmental, like just get your thoughts out. Just get get the words out on paper, whether they sound ridiculous or not. Yes. Just like get them out. And when you do that over and over, you get deeper, like your voice will come out, mm-hmm. right? And the more that you can do that in, in the space of, of solitude or safety or, or you know internal exploration mm-hmm. the more that's going to be able to come out in public mm-hmm. right the more it's going to be able to come out in relationship yes. with other people with yes. your friends or with your family or you know yes. with with your co-workers or your team or, or whatever it might be right but it's a lot of times it's it's both a practice mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it's uh, like a, a step with in courage Right to like allow yourself to be vulnerable, like to be in your heart space, mm-hmm. right, and to be able to like write or do whatever you yes. you do to clear your mind so that you can come through. And you know the beautiful part about writing is that you can tell your truth yes. without judgment. Mm-hmm. There's no one there mm-hmm. to criticize you. But I remember when I was preparing to move to Texas. And I ran across some old journals, stacks of them. And I took the time to go back and to read. And I said, oh, of course, this, this little baby right here has some issues. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh poor baby, I'm so glad I grew up. <laughs> the woman I was then and the woman I have become mm-hmm. and then the woman I be. Mm-hmm has the transition that is the process we have to look back because it's about growth it's about change it's about you know getting rid of what is no longer useful i like to use the word the obsolete Mm -hmm. our old life is obsolete it's the past we've used it up there's nothing else that we could take from it (laughs) (laughs) you know so we find our voice and then when we find our voice some some women become so strong in their message. And so they take on a new purpose and cause in their life. You know, and even going out into their community, being becoming leaders, we have to be the change maker. But the change maker must start from within. within. <laughs> this is so wonderful. So um, tell us a little bit about the... Um, 
our relationships. You talked about the other two was the relationships and the one I forgot. Intersectionality. And the intersectionality. Let's start with that one. Let's talk about the intersectionality uh, uh, of what you are communicating and conveying to us in the book. Yeah, yeah. So intersectionality, in short, is our different cultural identities, right? Like I said before, it's, you know, I'm a black woman. Now I'm a mother of two, 43 years old, right? In a certain generation, in a certain place and time, right? So all of these different um, cultural identities come together to make up me, right? In this Mm -hmm. body, in this form, Mm -hmm. in this time. Um, and that brings about different experiences that are awesome. You know, I love being a black woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. I love being of Haitian descent and right. you know having right. that revolutionary like you right. know blood running through yes. me. Like, right. So, so I, I love my intersectionality, but it has also brought me a lot of pain. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, growing up in America. Yes. Uh, and so, just recognizing that for all of us, mm-hmm. like all all of us, even even people that like might be might seem similar you know another another black woman with kids who lives next door you know a similar age still has a different cultural makeup because they might be like a different uh, from a different era from a from a right. or from a different town group of experiences has you know a, a, a different um, cultural lineage mm-hmm. all together mm-hmm. so each of us is unique, right. and, and a big part of that is because of our cultural makeup, right. our cultural right. identity, our intersectionality. So the power of our own cultural exploration mm-hmm. is because we can uncover values, reasons for our behaviors, um, certain patterns that get passed on from generation mm-hmm. to generation that we automatically do. We just think that's how things are done. No, that's how your particular, like, family right. did them because of three generations back the grandma was right. doing this because right. of this was happening and then she just Absolutely. passed out those behaviors you're yeah. doing them but you yeah. know they don't need to be doing them now there's right. no reason to do that now right. you know right. so you like we uncover these things that we just think are the way to do things yeah. Yeah. you know or we and i shouldn't say or and we uncover these amazing like jewels from our past mm-hmm. you know um so just for example like one of the jewels in my cultural exploration was my grandfather. He was the head of the military in Haiti um, at the time, and he led the rescue mission of the Parsley Massacre, which mm. was when the Dominican Republic, president of the Dominican Republic, ordered a hit on all Haitians that were near wow. the border on the okay. Dominican side, just like a slaughter. So people mm-hmm. were getting slaughtered. Wow. You know, the Parsley Massacre, because they, the Haitians, said parsley in a different accent than the Dominicans did. So they would ask them to say parsley. If they said it wrong, they were done, right? And so my grandpa led the rescue mission for Haitians to bring them to Haiti, like bring them back to Haiti, bring them them away from that, save them, right? And just learning that, I was like, wow, that's that's devastating. But like, I'm also proud of him mm-hmm. you know I'm like absolutely. so proud of him absolutely. I know like wow like his blood is also running through my veins right? so absolutely. those jewels of our like cultural history like what's in our DNA yeah you know can come out as well as you know the the latent values that we have whether it's good or bad you know behaviors that we have that that we might want to change or might want to keep or might want to mm-hmm. grow like there's mm-hmm. so much in 
in cultural self-awareness and yeah. cultural exploration yeah. in that, especially for leadership. Yeah, that reminds me of a training that I did uh, for a department. And, you know, of course, it was definitely culturally diverse, but yet there was a lot of, of uh, prejudice and uh, aggression towards uh, certain cultures because they spoke different languages. Mm -hmm. And some people felt very uncomfortable because I term it as having low self-esteem. If you speak a different language, you must be talking about me. We're not even thinking about you, yeah. okay? <laughs> We're having our own private conversation, and if we are, so th this is our language. And I had to express to um, you know, uh, the group that people have the right to speak their own language, and that we have to learn how to appreciate our differences, because um, we are not all one culture. And so what I did was, um, in the group, I decided to have a potluck. And I asked everyone to bring a dish, but the main dish had to be chicken. And that everyone had to cook the chicken in their uh, uh, ethnic, you know, culture. And so they did, and everybody was going around. I'm just standing back looking at people enjoying the food, and, and people started breaking down, and oh, well, what kind, well, what's your season? Oh, well, so they were able to communicate. So they had a commonality there, That's you cool. know? And so uh, at that point, uh, I said, so now the main theme here is chicken, but it is prepared differently, according to what? My understanding of how to cook a chicken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it broke Love down it. the barrier yeah. of the differences and the prejudices, you know, and, and, and the attacks, the aggressions that they were putting upon one another. And so out of that came really two devastating stories that I don't want to share, but out of those two devastating stories of two individuals, the group bonded. Wow. They wow. bonded. And that, and, and at that point, I felt my job was done. I did what I was supposed to do. Uh, but, you know, prior to all the other stuff that I was teaching, but that was, the, that was the, the conclusion of the workshop, the common thread that brought everyone together. So now, so then the other part that you talked about in terms of the relationships, right? So tell us about that and, and what are the theme and focus in the relationships in your book. Yeah, um, and the main thing is relationships matter, right? The way that our society is structured, whether it's organizations or it's blocks even, you know, mm -hmm. nowadays, mm -hmm. um, is that people are so separate. You know, we're doing things separately, we're living, we're going into our garages and closing the door and not really communicating. So we're not relationship building. Right. We're not mm -hmm. we're not built as a society now. Mm -hmm. We I think before we used to be, right? There's yes. more, much more relationships that are now we're not, right? Relationships aren't a priority, the way organizations are structured, it's not structured so that people can be in relationship with each other. It's structured so that you do your work and that's it. In isolation. Yeah, yeah. So you think 2020 yeah. had a big play in that? Oh my goodness. Well, this was actually, this breakdown was happening before 2020. Okay. But 2020 definitely like, you know, created even more silence because it isolated us, right? Mm -hmm. The pandemic mm -hmm. isolated us in ways that were really painful for a lot of people and so, um, we need healing from that mm -hmm. in a big way, mm -hmm. in a big way. And but relationships is one way, right? Mm -hmm. Positive, supportive relationships heal. They heal. They they literally help to build up our immune system. Mm -hmm. Right? There's been Absolutely. research that are done that's been done with like cancer patients. Yeah. 
women with breast cancer, they get a call from a nurse once a week for 20 minutes, mm -hmm. they had better prognosis than the ones who didn't get the call. Wow. Right, like wow. relationships matter. Yeah, it does. It's <laughs> that caring. So, yeah. It's caring. You be ca yeah. caring for each other. And so um, so it's saying that in our in our leadership path, in our path for liberation, in our path for like self-development, relationships are key. Whether it's like building relationships of support with like friends or, or your team, right? Or yourself. Relationships or yourself. That's right. <laughs> that's but you definitely have a right relationship with yourself, be a right relationship with other people. Right. Yes, yes, you know, yes. and that's what self care is, is having a relationship with ourselves. Yeah. And so that's why we have such a breakdown in our life because we don't. Yeah. Our 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 our, our focus is on having relationships with others and finding uh, physical contentment uh, and not even spiritual contentment, you know? So when things don't work out, then we become traumatized, devastated, angry. Think about romantic uh, relationships. Romantic, or, because yeah. that is the theme of our culture right now. I mean, yeah. society across the world, everything, every commercial you see is talking about a connectivity with someone else. And I think that that is the core problem that we're experiencing because we're not having that connectivity with ourselves. And also, like, we're, it's showing this connectivity between, like, um, romantic, like this romantic connectivity, right. right? But relationships are about so much more so than that. And when we are in right relationship that. with ourselves, then we can be in right That's relationship with itself. everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that is so wonderful. Well, I just um, uh, just really enjoyed reading about the work that you were doing. And I want to ask, do you have any last words or that you want to give to the audience? And also tell us where can they find the book? Uh, when is the book going to be released and all of that good stuff? Yes, yes. Um, so, in closing, uh, you might not, so th this is for women on different paths, right? No mm -hmm. matter where you are on your path, like you can find your, you can, you can find a piece and move to the next level, you know, here. And so part of it is if you are not currently a leader, if you, if you don't currently think of yourself as a leader, you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. It's just what you're tapping into within yourself. Right. If you are an organizational leader or you're a leader in, in your community, you've been a leader for 15, 20, 25 years, there's still more work to do because if you haven't tapped into your own healing, yes. your own trauma, your own emotions, then there's something that might be yes. <laughs> that there's something that might be off in, yes. in leadership. There's still more work to do, right, yeah. in there, and still some more beauty to, to to find within yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so this is for women on so many different paths, um, and so there's always a place to to go to find even more connection with yourself, with others, with life, and to create the change that mm -hmm. you and that you envision, and that's inspired from within you. So when I buy your book. Mm -hmm. And I cuddle with your book in my favorite chair with my favorite throw and a cup of tea. I'm a tea drinker. Okay. <laughs> with my it. cup of tea, I am going to be what? You're going to be inspired. You're going to be touched by the stories of the women that were, are within this book. There's 13 women that are highlighted. Wow. That their stories and their experiences demonstrate, you know, power and relationship and healing. 
Um, you're going to be moved um, by the experience. You're going to be provoked um, by the questions that are asked. Um, and hopefully you will also use this as a way not only to connect with yourself even more, but also to connect with other women so that you can journey together on this path. So to me, Dr. McBride, this sounds like a Kleenex moment. I need to have a box of Kleenex with my tea and my favorite chair and my throw because I may see the mirror of my life within one of these or all of these 13 women. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh my God, that is so profound. Yeah. That is so profound. Well, you know, I would like to make my closing remarks, and I had to think about, hmm, so what, how can I just really align this whole story about becoming a change maker and having an exquisite pathway? And I'm like, oh, God, what, what is this? So this is what I came up with. If we go back in history, we will see biblically that Eve served as the catalyst for changing the world. Did she not? <laughs> Whether her decisions were right or wrong, Eve was a change maker. She changed Adam, <laughs> she changed Satan, she changed the world, okay? <laughs> her story symbolizes a transition from innocence to awareness, from immaturity to growth, and from restriction to the potential for freedom and self-realization. Did she not do that? Oh, wow. I mean, she wow. was a woman of a first of many things. But when I went back and, to, and I thought about her and I read the story and I said, well, this is a change maker. Whether we like what she did or not, that's irrelevant. She changed something. She said, you know what? I'm feeling this. This is what I want. And I'm getting ready to make it happen. Okay. <laughs> She made it happen. <laughs> and she made it happen. So I just want to extend my heartfelt thanks to you, uh, Dr. McBride, for sharing such invaluable insights in becoming a change maker and for dedicating your effort to empower all of us as women of color, no matter what our ethnicity may be, through your transformative work. So please give us again, how can we uh, contact you for those who may want to further deepen um, uh, their information, their, their inquiry around what you do, or how can they get the book, that kind of stuff. Yes, so the book is set to come out right after Labor Day, uh, and so you look, look for it by September 6th um, on Amazon. It's going to be on Amazon. You can also go to our website, becomecenter.org. Becomecenter.org will have a link to the book um, on our website uh, and you can contact me directly um, through dmcbride at becomecenter.org. Okay, fantastic. Well, I am definitely going to order my book when it comes out and I want to read about these 13 women and get my Kleenex and my tea and sit in my chair and just see what I can continuously learn through their eyes. So. Thank you so much for all of you who have been sharing your time and listening to us today. This is Empress Q, as always, providing you thought-provoking, inspirational, and introspective teachings and learnings and ideas of, to help you better learn how to heal your life, as well as design the life that you truly want. We have upcoming uh, episodes come starting next week, in addition to visit our website at 
nirvanalifestyle.network. That's always a HTTPS colon slash slash nirvanalifestyle.network. Visit us on Facebook at nirvanalifestyle.network. Along with our other Facebook uh, platforms that we have, we're on Instagram and LinkedIn. We look forward to uh, talking to you again next week, bringing new programming. Uh, I'm going to also talk about I Need Me. I need me. So many of your friends and family members need you. But guess what? I need me too. So until we meet again, stay in peace and follow the path from within. Shalom.